When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. Work ethic eliminates fear, you know? So if you put forth the work, you know, what are you fearing? You know you what you're capable of doing, what you're not. You know, if you put your mind to doing whatever you want to do, you know, good things can happen. Because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. You're listening to the Plunkett Fitness Project. Here's your host, Jamie Plunkett. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. Um... Today we want to talk about uh, sarcopenia, and uh, this actually came up in Instagram, and I shared it with Ryan, uh, and I thought we'd talk about it today, and something that we talk about often, so I always tell Ryan it seems like we talk about the same stuff, but um, so we'll be talking about muscle wasting today, basically, and something that I think, you know, I talk about all the time happens you know, as we age and we accelerate this with all the cardio we're doing and a lot of the fad diets that uh, that are pushed in this industry. <clears throat> but um, this post, I'm just going to read it, and then uh, I may stop and talk about things as we're going through it um, and kind of my beliefs. But uh, here it is. So this was post posted by Joe Rehab. I follow him on Instagram. He's a good follow uh, if you're looking for somebody to follow. Uh, Sarcopenia has been defined as an age-related involuntary loss of skeletal muscle mass and strength beginning as early as the fourth decade of life. Evidence suggests that skeletal muscle mass and skeletal muscle strength decline in a linear fashion with up to 50% of mass being lost by the eighth decade of life. Given that muscle mass accounts for up to 60% of body mass, body mass, pathological changes to this important metabolically active tissue can have profound consequences on the older adult. The consequences of sarcopenia are often severe in older adults as the strength and functional declines associated with sarcopenia can in turn contribute to a number of adverse health outcomes, including loss of function, disability, and frailty. Sarcopenia is often associated with acute and chronic disease states, such in increased insulin resistance, fatigue, falls, mortality. Of the chronic disease states, sarcopenia has been especially associated with rheumatologic conditions, especially rheumatoid arthritis in women. <clears throat> Strength training in the elderly which he says is greater than 60 years, increases muscle strength by increasing muscle mass and by improving the recruitment of motor units and increasing their firing rate. Um, Muscle mass can be increased through training at an intensity corresponding to 60 to 85% of the individual maximum voluntary strength. Improving the rate of force development requires training at a higher intensity, above 85%. In the elderly, just as in younger persons, it is now recommended that healthy old people should train three to four times weekly for the best results. Persons with poor performance at the outset can achieve improvement. Even with less frequent training, side effects are rare. Progressive strength training in the elderly is efficient, even with higher intensities to reduce sarcopenia and to retain motor function. At the end of the day, everyone, no matter what age, should take on some form of resistance training. Have good nutrition and quality sleep. Hmm. I've heard that before. Yeah, it sounds familiar, doesn't it? Start early to stay young and resilient forever. I've, I've got a question about one one line in there. Um, 
Improving the rate of forest development requires training at a higher intensity. What does that mean? It says above 85%. Uh, well, the you saying what does the 85% mean? Yeah, yeah. When it says, like, um, it says, uh, yeah, improving the rate of forest development requires, tr- what is training at a higher intensity of 85%? Does that mean, like, pushing towards your, your max or your... Oh, yeah. Say you can, say you can, whatever lift it is you're doing is the, the maximum amount you can do is 100 pounds. So 85% of that's going to be 85 pounds. So okay. they're just, they're giving you a percentage based off of, you know, generally what you're going to have is a tested max. If it's somebody who's, you know, kind of iffy on their, um, their technique and, and their injury rates, the chance of injury is higher than you may not have a max and you may just do a perceived max. So, you know, um, if they do 70 pounds for five reps, there's a calculator, you can put that in and you can get a perceived max from that. Then you can use a percentage of that number. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That was, uh, that was something where I was a little, a little confused by, but it's just, it's shocking to me. And I, before we started this, I was telling Jamie how much I've, I've just learned over, you know, doing this for the last however however long, eight months, something like that. Um, but, you know, common sense-wise, you realize, obviously, people get weaker as they get older, you know. But I'd never understood any of the science behind this stuff. And I sure didn't know that, you know, at beginning at age 40, like, it starts to trail off. And, like, you, I mean, obviously, starting before that is ideal, but... The good news is, regardless of where you are, if you get started and you get to work, you can make progress and make up for lost time in some sense. I mean, without being crazy about it. Am I wrong about that? Um, yeah. I mean, I think you can still gain muscle. I think this is what you're saying, but I think you can still gain muscle when you're 60 or 70 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, if you have somebody who's well trained, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, who those guys are in their 70s, where I bring them up, they're probably not putting on any muscle at this age, but yeah. it's because they have such, they had such a large amount. If you have somebody who's never trained before, which we have some 70 year olds like that, um, I'll guarantee you they're putting on muscle just because yeah. it's, that's going to be the, the natural human adaptation to resistance is to build muscle so long as they're, it's, it's a healthy individual and they're not, you know, malnourished or have some sort of disease or. Sure. You know, or doing not doing all the right stuff or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, yeah, so you know, you can still put on. I mean, I I think you still put on muscle when you're 80 if you have a deconditioned individual. And they kind of say that in that post with uh, what was he said there towards the end? Um, let's see. Um. Where does he say it? In elderly, just as in younger persons, it is now recommended that healthy old people should train three to four times weekly for best for the best results. Persons with poor performance at this outset at the outset can achieve improvement gotcha. even with less frequent training. So, I mean, that's what he's saying there is, um, you know, if you have somebody who's completely sedentary, you know, first off, being sedentary is going to accelerate the rate of muscle tissue loss. Um, <clears throat> But if you take somebody who's completely sedentary and you get them active, that's that alone is going to put muscle on them. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's something I was going to say. You know, you brought up the um, the fourth decade, you know, being 40 and losing muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you I, I believe in today's society in America anyway and and I would say most you know most countries where we are sedentary so you know uh, Europe is probably the same way Canada's this way I think America's this way obviously um, where we're more sedentary and we sit at our desk more often I think we're losing muscle you know in our 20s probably yeah you know so much earlier than the fourth decade um and i think it's it's a matter of being inactive you know and then you know and the thing is is there's a cascade of effects from that and i don't fully understand this stuff but i understand the the basics of it you know if you're sedentary as a male your testosterone is going to go down yeah and lower testosterone is going to accelerate the the rate of muscle tissue loss right um so you know, I think just being inactive makes, you know, muscle loss occur much sooner than the fourth decade. Um, <clears throat> and that's why it's so important to lift weights, and that's why we do what we do. But, yeah. you know, so um, so they they brought up older adults in there. We have quite a few clients that are, you know, something that I'm always, you know, something that I think is neat that we do here and uh, something I really take pride in Um you know, my grandma lived with me growing up, so I've I kind of have a a fondness or whatever you want to call it of older sure. people. I enjoy sure. um, I enjoy spending time with. You know, I I feel like they're generally wiser, yeah, um, and they're usually pretty genuine. Uh, that's just my personal uh, belief on it. But I enjoy spending time with older older people, um, and I think it's pretty neat. That when you come to my gym, we have quite a few clients in their 60s, quite a few clients in their 70s. We even have some clients in their 80s, you know, and uh, some of the other gyms in the area that um, you might call our competition, I don't because I don't think what they're doing is is, uh, good for people, but um, to be completely honest. But, uh, um, you know, we have quite a few clients that are older than 60 years old and they're lifting weights, which is, is, you know, what I think it's becoming more mainstream now. But, you know, for the longest time it was you don't want to lift weights because you'll get bulky. Yeah. You don't want to lift weights because you'll get, you'll get hurt. You know, you especially don't want to lift weights if you're older. And that could be that's, – that's so far from the truth. You know, I've said it before with, like, women. You know, there's this message that women will get bulky if they lift heavy weights. Um. You know, and, and what's funny is in today's world, we talk about empowering women. Right, right. At the same time, they're sitting there saying, well, you shouldn't do this. Well, I would argue that that is actually the opposite of empowering women. Um, you're telling them to do something that would actually make them feel better, make them healthier, make them stronger. Um, lifting weights does empower women. So when you tell them something that's not even true, like you're holding them back, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that's something that always bothers me when I hear that message, you know. What's funny is is one of the main ingredients to put on muscle is testosterone, which we mentioned earlier with men. Women have very small amounts of testosterone. So the fact that somebody would say that a woman can get bulky from lifting weights is just absolutely absurd. Like you just, you know, and generally what it is, a lot of times what I see with the average person that says that is they're eating like shit. Yeah. So, you know, there we used to have a poster that said weights don't make make you bulky, cupcakes do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's really what it is. You're eating like shit. Like yeah. that's that's why you you think you're getting bulky from weights. You're bulky from your diet. And yeah. matter of fact, 
you could give me a male with very high amounts of testosterone. If you don't feed him enough, he's going to lose muscle. Yeah. You know, and he could have him doing all the right stuff besides eating enough, and he's going to lose muscle. So the whole getting bulky thing is absurd. Yeah. I've got a question for you, too. So I've got, you know, talking about the elderly and stuff. It's funny. I My mom grew up, her grandfather lived with her, and he was actually a bodybuilder. And she's like, I, I remember being a kid, and at 5 a.m., you hear the weights in the in the basement, you know. Yep. And I never met This was, he He passed away before my time. But I've got another family member, and – this guy is he's probably in his uh probably early 70s at this point. Yeah. And he's I don't I don't want to say morbidly obese, but he's very obese, okay? Yep. And, and and it's one of those things where he has he has trouble walking, he is every it's everything's a chore for him. And it breaks my heart because I've you know I've known the guy my entire life, obviously he's my you know he's in my family and we have a very close family and he's a good guy um but he's got kids, he's got grandkids and all this. What do you do I mean I, I, I'm not even talking about weight training. I'm talking about like just him getting up to go from the couch to the kitchen is an ordeal, and he needs to take a break after that. So, like, what when you look at that, you know, it's easy to judge and all this, and and, and it it breaks my heart for him. But where does somebody like that start? If you're in such bad condition that you are uh, that you're not even it, the day-to-day stuff is is a challenge you know where where do you where do you tell people to start with that well <clears throat> what do you think he weighs give me a ballpark um high 200s he, he's not like he's not like a it's not horrible yeah he's not like a it's not like you know you bring in the fire department to like move him from <laughs> you know what i mean so i don't want to i don't want to paint it like that but it's like i mean he walks on his own but he's got a cane and he's He's just he's missing out on this part of his life, and that's what's so sad about it. Because you know, just like so many of us, he was very successful. He, well, not but he he had a great life. He has a great life, but it could be better if he was able to go on vacations. Now he's made it to that point, and he's done well enough where I feel like he's missing out on a lot of the the cool stuff that if you make it to seventy. Or sixty-five, when you don't have to work anymore, when you've worked your ass off your whole life, you put your kids through school, you've got grandkids, and you've got, you know, you've got a little bit of money in the bank, and you can afford to go do the stuff you've always wanted to do. But now you're physically kind of tied to your house, and and it's like, what are you like? I I would guess him probably, yeah, I would say close to three hundred pounds, probably, and you know what, five, ten. Does he have any other? ailments diseases and nothing i mean he's got a bad back and bad knees well it's because you yeah you know i mean but nothing aside he doesn't have anything that's like uh um besides that just the, the you know the aches and stuff that come with gaining a ton of weight like that <clears throat> well the first thing i always say with a lot of that stuff is you know and i mean this is more so where i was going with this is like the morbidly obese who, who somebody has to go come to their bed and feed them and everything else um, I mean, let's say he weighs two eighty. You're not manage. You're not maintaining two eighty by accident, right? You know. So I mean, and I mean, I just rem- remove the emotions from it. You know, call me, call me mean or whatever you want to call me for saying that. But you know, I mean, to me, it's it's the same as being in debt. Like, why are you in debt, and how are you maintaining your debt? Wait, and and that's and this is the question that I have for you because when it comes to um when you're that big and that sedentary, mm-hmm. 
Like, and you're right because he's not, it's not like he's like eating, you know, (laughs) he's not eating 1200 calories a day. You know what I mean? Clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, so is, is diet enough to get the ball rolling? Absolutely. And that, and that's, that's step one. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, just, I'm not going to recommend this, but what would happen if he didn't eat for a week? Yeah. He'd get smaller, right? Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, and I mean, I look at things, I look at things really basic. Like I look at a at a person as an organism, yeah. you know, like I kind of enjoy science and biology and all that stuff. And I mean, like just remove, you have to remove the emotions from it. Yeah. You know, if, if you really want to get results, I mean, it'd be like having an emotional reaction to the same thing I just said with your debt, right. which I understand a lot of people probably do, but remove like what's causing, I mean, you just, just basic, like peel the onion. What's the basic question? How's he maintain? Let's say it's 280. How's he maintaining 280? Right. I mean, you don't maintain 280 pounds by accident. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, first thing you do is look at everything he's eaten. And yeah, I mean, it'd be ideal if we get him lifting weights. Sure. You sure. know, and, and walking every day, to be quite honest with you. But that may not, you know, that may not be possible. You know, with him or, you know, anybody else, you know, who's wanting to lose weight and they're, they're sedentary, they have bad back, bad knees, whatever else. Like, the first thing you got to do is, is clean up their diet. And then that's going to get them feeling better. Yeah. That, you know, that'll make them maybe want to be more active. You know, and it's a, it's a project. I mean, it's just, it's the same as what I just said. You got somebody who's got tons of debt. Yeah. Well, you can't fix it tomorrow. Right, right, It's right. going to be... You know, if you have somebody who's 100 pounds overweight, that may be a year-long project. Right. But, right. I mean, it, it is what it is, and you got to start where you're at. But, um, yeah, I mean, nutrition nutrition's almost always the first place to start, unless you have somebody that walks in, you know, obviously not him, but somebody walks in the front door and their nutrition is pretty good, and they just need tweaks on their, sure. you know, what they're doing for physical activity. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's always interesting. And I, I, again, I think so much of it is, I mean, I, I deal with like I, the psychological side of it, just get like, start telling yourself, no, <laughs> like that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's easy to, uh, it's easy to fall into that trap as an adult when, you know, when you just, uh, you start going down that road. So, I mean, I think it's, it's tough to, when you're, when you develop those habits, of telling yourself yes all the time, you know, and it, it, it opens the door and next thing you know, it's a slippery slope and you've gained 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever, but you got to start, you know, with the mind, first of all, I got to, you know, and that's, I think that's what's so hard about it for everybody in our family. It's like, man, you like, this is, this is not going to end well. Like we know how that we know this yeah. is where we're going, especially when you're at that age, like you got to, it's almost like an alcoholic, like you can't make them want to stop drinking. They have to come to the realization that, this is ruining my life and I've got to, you know, they got to hit ground, you know, what do they call it? Uh, rock bottom. Rock bottom. Yeah. They got to mm-hmm. hit rock bottom and, and wake up for it. So, so yeah, that was just. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's what I talk about all the time is I know people don't like to hear it, but you got to remove your emotions from it. Like look at it like anything else. You yeah. know, I, I don't know if I've said this before on here, but I tell people all the time, I try to give, analogies and you know everybody wants to be entertained and they want variety and all this other crap like 
start doing that and anything else that you do in life that's productive. So can you imagine if when you walked on campus that you wanted variety, so you sh- you went to a different class every day? Yeah. You know, or you just kind of mixed it up and you just kind of did, yeah. you know, ah, yeah. I'm going to do some math today. Tomorrow I'm going to do some some uh, science. Yeah. I'm going to do some literature, you know, and but you never like follow through and go to the same class every week for a semester so you never get anywhere. That's exactly what happens, you know, um on that same note. Um I had I've had somebody contacting me malt these these uh people that cold call you and trying to they're trying to sell you crap. There's this company. I wish I could say the name of it, but I don't like doing that. Basically what maybe we talked about this last time. They they will basically you sign up with them with your group service, you know, our group training. Mm-hmm. And they get all these other group training services, sign up with them too. And then the customers will go to them and purchase 10, 10 sessions or 20 sessions, whatever it is. And they can take them and they can use them at any of their, uh, like, sponsored or whatever oh. associated yeah, you know, it's like having a it's partners like, or whatever. It's like buying a membership to like ten golf courses. Yeah, and you can just show up at whichever one you yeah, want. Yeah, 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 yeah. And these people contact. They've been contacting me a lot lately. I haven't. Heard I have from a feel, them I have a feeling I know who it is. Yeah, in fact. And I I want to get them on. I mean, I don't want to talk to them. But if they ever catch me on the phone, I'm going to tell them what I think's wrong with their business. Yeah, <laughs> which I know, you know, whatever. I probably shouldn't do that, but. Like they're adding to the problem in the fitness industry of they're encouraging people to bounce from one thing to the next. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's like bouncing from one job to the next or bouncing from, from keto to, to carnivore to Mediterranean to it, pick one thing yeah. and stick to it and see if it works. Yeah. You know, but yeah, there's, I don't even know how I got off on that, what I was talking about, but. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but I I do um, know that I, I think it was just the the idea of just doing different, you know, not oh you saw it by, by going to classes, by going to well, college classes and hopping all over. Yeah, the removing the emotion from it, and and you know, it's like it's anything. You need to write down your goal. What do you want to achieve? Write down a plan, and then execute the plan. And I mean, most things in life are not going to be enjoyable all the time. That are going to provide you progress towards your goal. Yeah. You know, I mean, I ask people that all the time. Like, do you go to the same job every day? Well, what about variety? Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you take the same route to work every day? Well, what about variety? Do you use the same flavored toothpaste every morning? What about variety? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, I, I think I've said this before, but I think maybe people have um, – given up on the idea of getting results and getting the body that they want to achieve. So they just, they, they just want to be entertained. Yeah. It's almost like they, they feel like, well, I'm always going to have a car payment. So I'll just trade this car in every three years. Yeah. It's like, it's the same type of deal where it's like, no, you can, you you can pay the car off. (laughs) You can, you can own that vehicle. And then, but that's the thing. It's like, you don't want to, that's a long-term commitment. Well, that's the exact same shit. I say that to people all the time, which I'm not one to talk right now, but, um, it's four tires, a motor, yeah, and a steering wheel. Yeah. It's got some other things, but it gets you from point A to point B. Yeah. You know, as long as it doesn't break down, who gives a shit? 
Yeah, I'm not. See, that's I feel the same. I'm just not a car guy at all. And I was so excited when I when I started my business a year and a half ago. Maybe like six months before that, my my uncle had passed away, and my aunt had a uh, was was keeping his car, and she had a 2003 Toyota Solera. Mm. And my aunt was sweetest sweetest lady ever to meet. 78 years old. This thing had like 83,000 miles on it. It was like 15 years old. I just bought it. I, I was like, well, if your grandkids don't want it. And they were it was they were too cool for that car. I said I'm not too cool. I'm not too cool for it. I'll buy it with cash right now. It's the best thing. It's the best thing ever. But again, like you said, it's something where I don't look at it as uh, I don't look at it as a status thing. Yep. I look at it as I, I don't think I'm driving that car. I look at it as I'm driving a new computer. I'm driving a camera. I'm driving all the stuff that I need for my business yep. that I can afford to purchase now is because I'm driving that vehicle and it's getting me to the, it's getting me the same place at the same time as a car that costs 10 to 15 times as much of it would have you know yeah but that's i'm just i don't know i'm, I'm like i'm kind of old school like that nothing wrong with that um so i also looked up sarcopenia so we'll kind of get back on that i looked yeah. that up on uh wikipedia and i'm gonna read some of the stuff that it says on here um and it, it kind of it it uh solidifies the things that we talk about all the time uh, sarcopenia is a de- degenerative loss of skeletal muscle mass, half a percent to 1% loss per year after the age of 50. So they're saying 50 in here. I think farther down in here they do talk about at the age of 40. Um, quality and strength associated with aging. So that was to finish the uh, sarcopenia is a de- degenerative loss of skeletal muscle mass, quality and strength associated with aging. Um, sarcopenia is a component of frailty syndrome. It is often a component of cachexia. So we're getting some big words Those here. Are, I had to look these is, up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it can also exist independently of cachexia. I'm just going to say cachexia all day. <laughs> Whereas cachexia includes malaise and is secondary to an underlying pathosis such as cancer. Sarcopenia may occur in healthy people and does not necessarily include malaise um, so obviously it happens with like cancer, AIDS, um, any kind of, of wasting disease. Um, but you know, what I talk about all the time is I'll get a lot of people who do a ton of cardio and that's what a lot of people promote in the fitness industry, uh, is, you know, the whole jogging craze, which is funny. It started by, it was started by Nike to sell shoes in the seventies, um, you know, and then all these group exercise classes, and and some of them will actually s- verbally say that women shouldn't lift anything over like three pounds or eight pounds or whatever it is they say. Um, <clears throat> and what's funny is when I worked in the big gyms, when I would get a new client, the first thing I would do is take them out of the group classes. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they would come to me and they want to get stronger, you know, and they may see me two or three times a week, and then they do the group classes. Um, you know, two or three more times a week. And I'm like, that is negatively affecting the work you're doing with me. Yeah. Because it's, you know, and what's funny is they'll, they'll have this group class and, you know, they'll jam 40 people in a 1500 square foot room and they'll have one instructor at the front of the room with the music cranked up. You know, they've got a mic and they're screaming at them and telling them faster, faster, faster. And it's a big sweat fest and nobody's technique's proper, first off. Second off, their breathing is out of control. So if you know anything about bracing, you're, 
to be able to brace properly, to transfer energy properly through the body to lift a weight, your breathing has to be under control. So you, you need to you need to brace in your torso, and to brace properly in your torso, you can't be huffing and puffing. And and I mean, there's multiple other things we've multiple other fitness businesses that get this wrong as well. We've mentioned it in previous podcasts. Um, cross shit, for example. Uh, and um, what happens is the breathing is out of control, and then they're doing squats. They're not squatting to parallel. They're using too light of weights. They're doing 25 reps at a time, which is just absolutely absurd. I would never have a client do 25 squats. It's, I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, so, yeah, one of the first things I do, and, then, and what I was getting to, it's funny because they call them like, what are they? Something they they there's strength is in the name of the class, and it's like there is no strength going on, yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, as, as a matter of fact, it's you're detracting from. You're getting from weaker, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, cause, I mean, there used to be women that would come out of some of those those group sessions with fucking rolled ankles, like they'd be carried out because they were they had, I mean, there was more like sixty women in one of these rooms. And they're fucking doing squats and lunges on a BOSU ball. That's insane. And, you know, the funny thing is, is the first thing that, that we do when clients walk, come in, we work on their technique, and the number one problem with everyone's technique is they're instable. Yeah. Unstable. Yeah. Unstable. Unstable. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you got people who, and the thing, the big thing about stability is you have to learn how to brace. So you're going to have their, their breathing out of control, and then you're going to put them on an unstable surface with very little coaching. The music is way too high. Everybody's sweating, so it's encouraged to sweat more. It's just, I mean, there were women, I think there were women that come out of there with broken ankles and shit. It was. Yeah, just a, a mess. But hey, they were sweating and they were tired, so they think they got something out of it. Um, but anyway. Let's see. I thought there was maybe one or two other things. So management of sarcopenia in this Wikipedia thing. Lack of exercise is thought to be a significant risk factor for sarcopenia. Even highly trained athletes experience effects. Master class athletes. So this would be like what we talked about with Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. Sure, sure. Uh, but master class is referring to like 30 and 40 year olds. It says 30 here in a minute. Master class Athletes who continue to train and compete throughout their adult lives exhibit a progressive loss of muscle mass and strength, and records in speed and strength events decline progressively after the age of 30. Um, so, you know, that kind of goes to what I was saying. If you have somebody who's highly trained, then as they get older, they're definitely going to lose muscle. Whereas if you have somebody who's sedentary, they're going to lose muscle as they age, but they can put some muscle back on. Sure. You know, so there's kind of a... Um, I don't know what the word would be, but there's a, a certain amount that your body kind of like a homeostasis that your body likes to, you know, the more muscle you put on, the harder, harder it is to put more on. Right, right, um, right. If you have somebody who comes in who's extremely atrophied, which means shrunken muscles, basically, it's going to be easier to put muscle on them than somebody who is carrying more than what the body likes to carry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then it says the same thing in here about, uh, peak levels of performance decreased by about 50% by 80 years of age. Um, 
So I think it said muscle loss by 80 years of age in that post. But, um, you know, it's nice to see somebody posting this stuff and some of the other things I share with you. Um, I've been saying it for years, not not saying I'm superiorly intelligent or, or I've figured this stuff out years before everyone else. Uh, I don't think that by any means. Uh, but I, like I said, I just look at things from a, like an organism standpoint and right. science and biology. And, you know, uh, I especially have said this for years about women. Um, women have a much harder time putting on muscle. Uh, and I probably got on this because of the whole getting bulky, uh, women getting bulky and that being a concern thing. Um, like, I don't think people understand how drastic and how important it is to be lifting weights your entire life, especially as a woman. And when I say that, that doesn't mean men shouldn't either. Yeah. Um, men absolutely should too. Uh, we just have a little better um, hormone profile, I guess you'd say, for building and maintaining muscle tissue. Um, but, yeah, that's a big thing I've said for years. And, you know, you know what's funny is uh, I talked about those group classes, and we have a group class, um, which we've kind of over the years – We've changed it to more personal training in a group. So people are basically just lifting weights, and there's a group of them, and there's a coach that walks around and, and corrects them. And it's, they do it at their own pace, so they're not rushed. People aren't doing it at the same time. The music isn't turned up so loud that you can't hear what's going on and all that stuff. Um, but I started that group um, because I still had clients that wanted to train more, and they didn't want to – do personal training and they wanted to be in group, you know, they wanted some sort of group service. Yeah. So I started that. I, I, it wasn't even a way to make money when I first started. It was a way to say, here's a better option for you. Right. You know, and when I started my group service, I went out and bought a bunch of dumbbells and, and, um, I would do the same thing. I'd stand at the front of the room, front of the room, and they would all have the weights that they needed. And I bought dumbbells, I think up to forties, which, you know, I have women now. You you did Leah's testimonial last yeah. week. Forty pounds wouldn't do anything for her. You know, yeah, she's but, killing it. Um, and that goes for a lot. You know, I always tell people a story. I have a client who's she's seventy six, I believe, and the first time she lifted weights was with with us when we were still running our group service out of Diamond Gymnastics. She was sixty nine. She can deadlift one hundred and eighty pounds. It's incredible. It's incredible. She's seventy six years old. Yeah. Most 76-year-old men, most 66-year-old men can't deadlift 180 pounds. Yeah. And, I mean, she's not like this big no. strapping lady, you know. No, you, you, wouldn't, so, you wouldn't guess that by No. By you know that. who I'm talking about? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so we started that group service um, as a replacement of the group crap that was going on that we mentioned with all these other services. And um, it was... I mean, it's probably stupid on my part, but I started this um, not to make money necessarily, but just to be like, do this instead of that crap because right. you're not getting anything out of it. And, you know, it's turned into, you know, we have over 100 clients out there now and and pretty good service with it. And I think it's a great substitute to personal training. And, you know, just like Leah said in her testimonial, it's like she has her own personal trainer. Um, but, uh, 
you know, this sarcopenia thing and this, you know, I don't necessarily talk about sarcopenia, but I talk about the muscle we lose as we age. So I guess the same thing is what we're talking about. But uh, um, I think it's extremely important that we lift weights as we get older. And, you know, you need to go somewhere where they can teach you how to do it properly, teach you how to squat properly and deadlift and press and all that kind of stuff, so long as you're safe to be doing it. Um, and, you know, that's another thing I hear often is people are like, well, I can't squat, I have bad knees, or it's bad for your knees, or you don't want to squat below parallel because you'll blow out your knees, or all this other crap. Deadlifts are bad for your back. None of those, those things are actually good for your knees and your back if you do them properly. Yeah. Um, and it's, will make, I mean, what's more functional than a squat? Just like that video a week or so, or so ago, how do you get on the toilet? You squat yeah. to the toilet. Right. How do you pick up a flower pot outside? You deadlift it. Yeah. You know, how do you pick up a small TV or whatever, you know, like these are everyday functional things that you need to be doing. But, yeah. Um, I think I pretty much covered everything there. Yeah. I think we got into everything that we had, uh, that you had, you had mentioned. So, so anyway, um, thank you for tuning in. Ryan will tell you all the important stuff cause I can't remember it. But, yeah. Uh, thanks guys. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah. Make sure if you like this, please tell your friends about it. Rate, comment and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast and be sure to follow us on our socials. Instagram's a, gr- a great way to stay in touch with us. That's at, at Plunkett underscore fitness. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Plunkett Fitness Project. Please share with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review. For more info, visit our website, plunkettfitness.com.